0: And back for another night just after 5 o'clock here on News Talk 980, CKNW, The Employment Hour. Back at you. We have... A chock-full hour of employment law and stuff you need to know, questions to be answered. Maybe you just lost your job. You've got a severance offer going, hey, I worked there for 20 years. They gave me two months. I am a rich man. No, you are not. You have been uh, shortchanged to a large degree, almost guaranteed. We'll get to all that. You think uh, maybe workplace harassment, anything under that banner we'll cover tonight. Uh, Lior, we always get to the beginning of the show before we get to the severance pay calculator, which is arguably one of the greatest tools since the old dad's workbench. Uh, That would be the week that was. Brother, how
1: are you? Thanks, John. I'm not sure I can, I can live up to, to that intro, but I uh, well, really you know. appreciate <laughs> we, we try. A lot of coffee. Uh, we, yeah, that's right. And, and we're, we're, we're here to, to talk about serious stuff. We're here to talk about the rights of all of us at the workplace to inform and educate and hopefully help solve some problems, alleviate some concerns. You know, when things go wrong at work, it impacts us. It impacts us in our private lives, it impacts us at work. It's a big deal. So, if you're not sure what your rights are, if you're in a difficult situation at work, or maybe your boss did or said something that uh that caught you off guard, give us a call. We're here till six o'clock to answer those questions, to help you. And uh no, there's no such thing as bad questions. Don't hesitate. A lot of people also call call about their their friends, their their parents. Don't hesitate. Let's chat about it. And to get us started and warmed up today, let me tell you, uh, everyone, about a couple of situations that I saw in my office over the past uh, few days. Uh, first one involved uh, a gentleman that had worked as a, a plant manager for 15 years for for a company, was happy there, was probably going to retire there. At least that was his plan. There was no, no concerns. He was making good money. Well, he was approached by a headhunter, and the headhunter was trying to recruit him to come work for another company. Initially, he told the headhunter, thanks, but no thanks. The headhunter persisted and made him big promises and eventually convinced him to meet with the company, the new company. He met with the company uh, eventually, and they made him some grandiose promises. You're going to make all this money. There's going to be opportunities to to be promoted. The director is about to retire. You're going to be able to take over his position. Think about what this means for your future. Well, eventually, he, he agreed to leave and he left his company where he had worked for 15 years. He joined this new company, started working there. And John, unfortunately, about, uh, about a year and a half later, about 18 months after he started, the company decided that they, ne- they needed to restructure and they let him go. Mm-hmm. And when they let him go, it wasn't because of anything that he did. Of course, they said, we're going to pay you two months, pay you worked here for a year and a half. That's what you get. Well, luckily, he had heard my show and he had heard that whenever you're let go, you have to call and get legal advice. And that's what he did. Well, here's the situation, John. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before here uh, on W, and that is in a situation where you're recruited away from another job and then are let go shortly after, the severance that you get accounts for the time you had with the previous company. So what does this mean for this guy? He only worked for for this company for a year and a half. But because he was recruited away, because he wasn't looking to leave the company, they came to him and convinced him to leave. He now has to get credit for the time, the 15 years that he had with the previous company. So he's now a 16 plus year employee for the purposes of severance. So he's ordered out around 18 to 20 months pay. He only worked there for a year and a half, but he could get as much as 20 months pay. This is an important situation. When someone is recruited away, when someone is induced, we call this inducement, when someone is induced to leave a secure job only to be let go in the first you know, two or three years, they get enhanced severance. That happens often. You may be approached by a headhunter. You may be approached by a, by a new company or maybe by a former colleague of yours that now works for a different company. They're trying to convince you to leave. You have to be very careful about that. You don't want to sign an employment agreement that limits your future entitlements. In this case, this gentleman did not. And now that he was let go, he's owed as much as 20 months' pay. By the way, John, even if he was only a year and a half employee, the two months' pay that they offered him was not even close to being adequate. He probably would have gotten two or three times that. But now for him, that's 18 to 20 months. He's still not happy about losing a job when when he had been with the previous company for 15 years. But at least now he knows that he gets proper severance. So I'm going to work with him over the next few days to get him that severance. And I want to, our listeners, they may ever find themselves in that situation, to keep that in mind, to keep this inducement concept, John, in mind. To call on the show tonight, by the way, 604-280-9898 or
0: star 9898 on cell. Question though, no. 15 years, year and a half of the new place, inducement, we get that. What's the window where it's no longer inducement? Five years he's been at the new place, two years because it was a year and a half. Which to most people would say, "Hey, he's been there
1: a while." Yeah, usually it's probably up to about three years or so. Right. If you've been let go in the first three years and you were recruited away to join this company, then this inducement concept would apply, and you would get that enhanced severance. If you've been with the company, the new company, for ten years then no, your past service is never going to be considered. But if it's up to three years or so, then inducement counts, and you might find yourself being owed enhanced severance. What else you got? Second situation, John, I'll tell you about. Uh, involved a lady that uh, was a, a manager in a, in a small retail store. Uh, one day, she comes into work, and she's opening the store, and there's customers in the store, and, and the customers say, well, wait a second, the prices here seem, uh, seem off, seem higher than usual. And she looks at the prices and sure enough, yes, they're higher. Apparently what happened is the owner of the store changed the prices, increased the prices and didn't tell her. Well, you know, she wasn't happy about that because she has to deal with customers. She wasn't even aware that the prices were increased. So she called the owner of the company and she said, well, that's that's not cool. You should have told me, uh, how can I be managing the store if you're not even telling me you're just increasing prices? Well, the owner of the store lost it on her. She started yelling at her. She said, "You know, who do you think you are uh, to be telling me what uh, what to do to run my store?" And it concluded by saying, "I'm gonna. I expect your resignation uh, effective immediately." Well, not knowing any better, she in fact resigned. She left ah. this this lady. Luckily, again, she heard our show and uh, she called me and she wanted to know well, what what does this mean? What what just happened here? I, I was working. All of a sudden, I lost my job. Uh, so here's, here's how this works, John. And if we have time, we'll talk about this more a bit later on the show today. And that is when you're told you have to resign or else, that's not a resignation. That's a termination because your employer has decided you're not working anymore. doesn't matter if we call it a resignation. Uh, doesn't matter what we call it. So in this situation where she was told, Hey, you have no choice but to resign. That's not a resignation. A resignation is something that you do voluntarily and unilaterally. You can't be told to resign. So because in this situation she was really terminated, she's owed severance. For her, it's about eight months' pay. So I want our listeners to understand that you can't be told to resign. You can't be made to resign. If if you've been made or told to resign, it's not a resignation. You've been let go at that point. You're owed severance. So a very important distinction there. The number six zero four two eight
0: zero nine eight nine eight to call in or star nine eight nine eight on your cell as well. You want to email Lior now or any time during the show with simply Lior at employmenthour dot com. I did mention it and I gave it a, a lot of credit off the top, and that would be the yeah. severance pay calculator. Give us some details.
1: Yeah. The, the greatest tool since the the workbench. Uh, well, right. let, let, let's try to live up to that. Uh, well, it is an, actually an extremely important tool. It's a tool that informs you and advises you and helps you understand what you're owed if you lost your job. Think about it, John. When do we need money the most? Well, we need money the most if we don't have a job and we still have to pay our bills, we still have to pay our mortgage, you still have to pay tuition. Any money that we have then is important. So that's what the severance calculator does. It tells you how much the employer that let you go, how much do they have to pay you. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You just choose it from a drop-down menu, and you're done. It's going to tell you whether you get two months severance, twenty-four months severance, or anything in between. And I promise you, this number, the number you use in the you get in the severance calculator is going to be higher than what your employer has offered you. And the reason for that is the vast majority of people are offered a lot less severance than what they're owed, a lot less. Over 90% of people are offered less severance. That's why I created the calculator because if you're listening to us right now and you and your family members, or your friends lost your job, I don't want you to be one of those 90% of people that are just accepting less than what they're owed. Go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed, make sure you don't accept less than you're owed, and if the severance that you've received is inadequate, call me, severancepaycalculator.com.
0: And that was really the genesis of of putting this thing together four plus years ago was A, people were getting the shortchanged pennies on the dollar with their severance, they didn't know about it, and then the labor board was giving them misinformation, so they had nothing to back them up with, with quality
1: information anyway, right? That's why we created it. That's why it's so important. I wanted to make it accessible. You know, some people may be intimidated to call a lawyer. Hey, we're we're nice guys, but, uh, if you don't want to call me or you want to, you don't want to call an employment lawyer, that's fine. I still want you to know how much you're owed. So I created the severance calculator. It's accurate. It's free. It's anonymous. There's really no excuse ever not to use it. Uh, it, it can literally save you tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Like to hear from you. The time now to call in as we go to break, 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on your cell phone. The employment hour goes right till 6 o'clock tonight. We'll get into uh, all about constructive dismissals and your phone calls after a short break. It is the employment hour right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. And back indeed we are the Employment Hour right till six o'clock tonight six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell anytime you want to get a hold of Leor outside the show by the way you can simply email Leor L I O R at employmenthour dot com and the website of course Vancouver Employment Lawyers dot ca we get to right to the phones as promised we get to uh, Joe here opening call of the uh, of the afternoon hey Joe how are you
2: very good I have a question my wife she worked for a Walmart uh, over thirty years. Okay. And uh, wow. and she she retired. Did that she is uh, supposed to get a severance pay?
1: She she retired. She she okay. made the decision to retire on, on on her own? Yes. Okay, then if she decided to retire, then no, she, severance pay is not owed to her. Severance pay is paid when the company makes the decision to to part ways, to let the employee goes. If your wife is the one that made the decision to leave, she wasn't pushed, she wasn't pressured, she wasn't told that she has to, then severance is not owed in that situation, Joe.
2: Okay. I have another question. I worked for a security company over 12 years, and I got laid off because something went wrong on a site. Yes. And I I didn't get a severance pay.
1: How long ago was that, Joe?
2: About a year and a half ago.
1: Okay all right uh so can you give me very briefly tell me what happened on that site
2: uh i work a night shift i was uh patrolling and uh that was uh during the between the christmas and new year's eve yes uh, during during the day there was a robbery and the person the owner who was there he decided you know he called our company he said he don't want any more security there that's right that's that's why my company said well they uh, fired those uh, those workers. So you have to you
1: have to go to. Well, no, you definitely get severance, Joe. So, first of all, how many years did you work there?
2: Um, about twelve years.
1: Twelve years, and how old are you, Joe?
2: Uh, I am
1: seventy. Wow. So, Joe, someone in your situation could easily get fourteen, even fifteen months' pay. Fifteen months' pay. Now, did you find a job after? Did you look for a job after? Yes. When did you start working after?
2: Uh, about, uh, about a month and a half after that, I found another job.
1: Okay. And the compensation about the same? Yes. Okay. So because you found a job so quickly, you would be getting less severance, potentially as little as two months' pay because you've been able to find a job very quickly. But it's still compensation that's owed to you. You should still give me a call, Joe. At a minimum, you'd be looking at two months' pay here, at a minimum, and potentially more. So let's, let's talk about this off-air. Uh, let's make sure that you get that. Yeah, they cannot let you go without Severance, Joe.
2: Okay. Thank you
0: very much. Thank you for the call, Joe. That number anytime, 604-283-3123. That is to get a hold of Lior directly. There you go, right? And a year and a half, I mean, if he's going to pursue this, you have two years, Correct.
1: You have two years. He's yep. thankfully still within the limitation period. That was why I asked that first question. My fear was he'd say, he'd say that, you know, it happened five years ago. We've had calls like that. And unfortunately, at that point, you can't do anything. It's extremely important that you seek advice as soon as you're let go. Uh, in this situation, Joe is still in time. Uh, and I'll do my best to help him if he connects with me.
0: is the number to call into the show until uh, 6 o'clock this evening. Star 9898 on your cell is the number. Let's uh, delve into this a little bit, and that is all about constructive dismissal. So the difference here between a constructive dismissal and a regular dismissal.
1: So oftentimes people hear this term, a constructive dismissal, and I want to I wanna spend a few minutes over this, uh, the next couple of segments here talking a bit about that, explaining what it is, and helping people understand what to do if they ever find themselves in a constructive dismissal situation. Now, a regular dismissal, John, we all know, you always know if you've been let go, if it's a regular dismissal, because the company would have told you, hey, you're out of a job. Uh, we're letting you go you've been terminated, you've been fired, you've been laid off, whatever the, the term is, you would know if you're no longer working if the company right. made the unilateral decision to let you go that's a regular dismissal, a regular termination. A constructive dismissal is very different with a constructive dismissal. the company doesn't let you go or at least they never come to you and say hey you're you're out of here, you're out of a job." A constructive dismissal happens when a company breaches the terms of employment when the company does something to you that it's not allowed to do. So there's many forms of constructive dismissal. It could be a change in compensation. It could be a change in uh, work responsibilities, a demotion. It could be a relocation, etc. Anytime a company does something that, that it's not allowed to do, they've breached the employment arrangement, which means you, the employee have the right, if you so choose, to treat your employment as being terminated. So even though uh, it's, a, it's a, still a termination. You, the employee, are, is the one deciding to treat it as a termination. So that's the difference. With a regular dismissal, company lets you go. You don't have any choice in the matter. With a constructive dismissal, you, the employee, have a choice whether you want to consider it as a dismissal, as a termination.
0: So um, say your employer does something to you and you think, you know, this is possibly a constructive dismissal. What do you do? How do you prove
1: so first thing is is we have to understand that not every single change in the terms of employment rises to the level of a constructive dismissal. So for example, if you were working uh, 9 to 5, and now they're going to say you're going to be working 8.30 to 4.30, well, that's a change, and it may not be a change you're happy about, but it may not on its own be significant enough to be a constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if you were working 9 to 5, and now they're saying you're going to be working 12 to 8, well yeah, that's a huge change, that's a very big difference. So that would give you potentially the right to tr- to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So usually we're talking about significant changes. Now, if you've been if put in that situation when you've been demoted, salary has been decreased or maybe you've been relocated, etc, then at that point you have a choice. You can accept that change. You can say, "Okay, well, I'll take the pay cut or I'll take the demotion or I'll accept the relocation, whatever it is." So that's choice number one. Or you can choose to treat the employment as being terminated and leave and then pursue severance. Okay, that's the key here. Now, obviously, if it's a situation where uh, the change is unclear, you want to make sure that that you get some confirmation. Maybe your job responsibilities have been changed. Well, you want to get something in writing that confirms what the new responsibilities are so that we can assess whether, in fact, it's a constructive dismissal. So it's very important. So ultimately, you have that choice, and you can choose to treat that as a constructive dismissal if your terms of employment have been changed and leave with full severance. So the key here is full severance. You don't get a. The company doesn't get a discount. You'd be, uh, be have the right to pursue your full entitlements. Six zero four two eight
0: zero nine eight nine eight to call in or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. So what would be? I mean, you know, you think of something. We we often joke about. Uh, you know, if you don't. Treat it as a constructive dismissal? What are, the, what are the the red the red signs or the red signals if you don't treat it as a constructive dismissal? For instance, they drop your pay. For, well, you know what? It's only 50 cents an hour. Maybe I'll accept it. What happens if you do?
1: Well, the problem with accepting a, a, a change, number right. one, is if you accept... You use an example of change in pay. Well, if you've accepted a change in pay, a reduction, the first problem is you're now making less money. Problem yep. number one. Problem number two, though, is that by accepting this change you now potentially have given the company the right to do it again. So you've effectively, by accepting it, said, hey, that's okay. You're allowed to do this employer. So if the employer is allowed to do this, they could do it again. So maybe today was a small change, but what happens next week when it's a bigger change or next month where it's an even bigger change? At that point, you're stuck. At that point, you cannot potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal and you have no choice but to accept it because you've given them the right. You've opened that door. So I always say it's better not to open the door. Oh, and by the way, to, to use your example with a change in pay, if your pay is being reduced and then you're let go at some point after, you still get severance, but now your severance is calculated based on the reduced right. pay. So it's all kinds of problems if you open that door and give your employer the ability, the right to make changes that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Very important to, to not do that. If you're in that situation, get some advice. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. It may not always make sense to pursue a constructive dismissal, but we always need to talk about it and consider that as an option and consider what would happen if we don't treat it as a constructive dismissal.
0: Definitely weigh the pros and cons, right? That's why they have to talk to you before they pull the trigger on any of this stuff. Always,
1: always, always. Yeah, don't don't quit. You don't treat it as a constructive dismissal before you talk to me. You talk to me first. We discuss how to do it, if we should do it, what it means, how much you're owed, and then if it makes sense, you pursue it as a constructive dismissal.
0: The number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, severancepaycalculator.com. While we take a short break, you can find out what you would be owed or possibly are owed if you've just been let go. Give us a call here up until 6 o'clock the evening. It's uh, the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 980 CKNW. 5.34 on the Employment Hour. The number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight 604 or star 9898 on your cell. would love to talk to you tonight. You got questions, you got up until 6 o'clock, so bring them on. Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. If you've always wondered what your severance should be, you got an offer in front of you, I think you'd be in short change, almost guaranteed. Just go to severancepaycalculator.com. We were talking before the break, uh, Leora but constructive dismissal. So as far as uh,
1: qualifying for one, can someone just... Quit
0: and then give you a call afterwards? Is that how it works?
1: Well, that would be like putting the cart before the horse, John. (laughs) And and ultimately, because as I said, not every... Uh, change is a constructive dismissal. Not every situation is a constructive Mm -hmm. dismissal. So that's why we need to discuss it. Because if you quit and it's not a constructive dismissal, then guess what? Then you've quit, that's a resignation, and you're not owed any severance. But there's other reasons. One form of constructive dismissal also happens as a result of workplace harassment. So maybe your boss is mistreating you, or maybe this poisoned work environment has been created, where it's very difficult to continue working, well, that poison work environment leads to a constructive dismissal. There's an implied term in everyone's employment relationship that we're not going to work in a poison work environment. There, we're going to work in a healthy and supportive environment. So, if the work environment becomes poisoned, that's a constructive dismissal. The thing is, though, if you say, "Okay, well, I heard Lior on the radio say that a, a workplace harassment and a poison work environment is a constructive dismissal," so I'm going to quit. Right. The problem is, what if we can't prove it? What if you cannot prove that you've been harassed or or that the work environment is poisoned? Well, what do we do then? At that point, it's very difficult. That's why if you speak to me first, we can talk about how we actually prove it. How do we actually get evidence? How do we actually paper it. We we create some paper records. So to prove that workplace harassment so that when you quit, we can show here's the harassment. Here's why we can't continue working. Here's why you get severance. All right. so So that's why it's so important not to quit and then call me. If you've done that, well, fine. Call me anyway. Let's talk about it. See what we can do. But in an ideal world, if something's happened in the workplace that makes it difficult to continue working or something's happened where you don't want to continue working, let's talk first. Let's talk how we get you out of there with severance. And, and once we do that, we can do it right and we can make sure that you get everything that you wrote.
0: And as you've said, you know, on the show ad nauseum, that is always keep records of any, any exchanges between you, your supervisors, your coworkers, have records of this stuff, everything,
1: right? So important, John, so important. If you say to yourself, man, I wish I had this in writing. Yeah. Hey, it's so easy. Put it in writing, create it, send an email to someone confirming what just happened very, very easy. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Remember, if you're going to be uh, telling or accusing someone of mistreating you or of harassing you, you can assume that that person is not going to admit it. You can assume that that person is going to say, no way, didn't happen. So if they're going to say that, you have to be able to prove it. You have to be able to establish it. And you know, your word against someone else is, it's not the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is to have something in writing, to to get a written record, to send an email to someone confirming it, to have maybe a, a log or a journal where you write what happened. You do that, you can establish the harassment, you can establish constructive dismissal, and we can get you everything that you wrote.
0: Your question, 604 280 or star 9898 on yourself. Feel free to call in now, right up until 6 o'clock, as we finish this part of our discussion about constructive dismissal. So, what do you have to say to those employees? And we all know them. We all know the guy that just sucks it up. He'll take one for the team. You know, he's going to accept the pay cut or the demotion because he's, you know, he's a worker. That's just how he was raised. That's, how, you know, that's in his fiber. What do you have to say to those guys when it comes to this?
1: You know, I, I think that ultimately your, your loyalty and dedication should be to your family. And, and that's something that I believe in and uh, something that I advocate and and practice myself. So if you're going to be a a, a team player, that's okay. That's fine. But you can't do that at your family's expense, or or you shouldn't do that at your family's expense. So what I mean by that is if you're going to take a pay cut, uh, okay, but that means that now you've opened the door to further pay cuts. Well, what does that mean for you and your family and your ability to support your family? That's a bad thing. So probably the best scenario is if your company is going to start messing with the terms of your employment, they're going to change your job, they're going to reduce your pay, etc. Maybe that's not the best place for you to continue working at. Maybe it's not a good idea to to be a team player and it's a better idea to make sure that you leave there with compensation with your head held high and be able to pursue a job and find a job where that doesn't happen. My my concern is, you know, anytime there's a little crack in the door, that door can be kicked right uh, open by the employer. And, and at that point, it's a problem. I've had many situations with people that uh, call me and say, okay, Leora, my employer reduced my pay by uh, 20%. Uh, can I do something about it? And I say, yeah, of course you can. And then I find out that uh, a year before they reduced their pay by 5% and the employee accepted it and now I have to say, well, because you accepted that small reduction a year ago, I can't help you. Don't let that happen to you. Make sure you get everything that you owed. Make sure that you you think about your future and what that means, and, and, and don't open the door and allow your employer to just completely alter the terms of employment.
0: We got wide open lines. If you want to call in, we will get to you right away. We're going to talk about uh, forced resignations. We did touch on this a couple segments ago, situations where an employee is given no choice, no choice but to resign. So what is a real resignation and does one get severance if he resigns in that case?
1: Yeah. And this is an important topic because so many times, my gosh, John, so many times in my office when I talk to people, that supposedly resigned it's not really a resignation it's either a constructive dismissal no. or it's a situation where they were told they have to or they were they were threatened to resigning so so we need to talk about this uh, you know it seems obvious hey a resignation we all understand what that word means but from a legal standpoint we really need to be clear as to what a resignation really is so first of all a resignation is a decision that the employee made unilaterally and voluntarily to leave employment. So if you've decided yourself out of your own own volition not to work for the company anymore, no one made you, no one told you to do it, you've decided to do that, that's fine. That's a resignation. In a resignation, in a real resignation, you don't get severance. Severance is not payable because you've made the decision. So maybe you've decided to accept a job somewhere else. Maybe you've decided to retire. Maybe you've decided to go back to school. That's fine. You can leave. You don't get severance. The flip side, of course, John, is in many situations, people resign, quote unquote, because they were told they had to, because something happened that made it impossible to continue working. Those are not resignations. Those are terminations. Therefore, severance is owed. So we always have to keep that distinction in mind. If you've done done it unilaterally, resignation. If someone told you to do it or you had no choice but to do it, it's a termination.
0: Like in your first uh, case, and I'll expect your resignation on my desk in the morning. Yeah, not a a resignation.
1: Not a resignation. (laughs) If the employer says, you don't have a job here, so just give me a letter of resignation. Well, wait a second. Whether you give the letter of resignation or not, you don't have a job in that situation. Therefore, that's not a resignation. That's a termination. It doesn't matter if you write a piece of paper saying, I resign. So in, in that situation, and by the way, John, a lot of people think it's better to resign than, than to be let go nonsense that doesn't apply at all. So if you've been told to resign, you've been let go. Really, you get severance. You get full severance.
0: 604-280-9898 or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. Let's talk about that for a second. I think it it, it plays to people's you know th- their psyche and how they're they're going to be you know how they're going to look to their friends and family. Oh, I, I you know I didn't I wasn't fired. I, I I was told to resign. So it looks better if I resign. It, look, it looks better on their work record. I think is what they're thinking, right?
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, first of all, people think that somewhere there's some sort of a central uh, repository, some some sort of a database <laughs> right. that keeps track yeah. of whether people have resigned or let go. And you know, there's this document called the record of employment. A lot of people get very uh, concerned about what that record yeah. of employment says. That record of employment is for one purpose and one purpose only. That's for EI for employment insurance. That, that's not something that that. Tells anyone what actually happened at work. So, so let's not be worried about it. Now, it's really never better to resign than to be let go. The only time I can see it's better to resign is if you've done something so bad, so horrible, so terrible that you can be let go for cause. In that situation, if you've given the option to resign, well, maybe fine. I'm going to give you an example. If you stole from the company, okay? Well, clearly the company can let you go for cause uh, because you've done something pretty pretty bad. In that situation, if they say, well, we're letting you go for cause unless you want to resign right now, well, at that point, you may want to resign because you can tell your future uh, employers that you resign. Fine. Right. Anything other than that, John, it makes no sense to resign. And if you're worried about the company telling other people that, uh, that, that they let you go, Well, when we negotiate your severance offer, your severance package, one of the things we always negotiate is two things. Number one is we negotiate a good letter of reference, but we also negotiate how the employer is going to deal with future job references, what the employer is going to say if they're actually called by a prospective employer and asked about you. So never be concerned about this whole idea of resigning, that it's better to resign. It's not better to resign. If the company doesn't want you working there, let them let you go. You get severance and then you don't have to establish, oh, really, was this a real resignation? Was it a fake resignation? If they don't want you there, have them let you go. They have to pay you severance and that's just, that's really it. So verbally, what do you
0: say your boss, if he does tell you tomorrow, like we had in our week that was, says, no, you have to resign tomorrow. Like, do you just stand up and say, no, I'm not doing it. You say, can
1: fire Say, no, I, I'm not resigning. I don't feel there's any reason for that. I want to continue working and that's it you put the ball in their court. If they want you gone, let them let you go, let them pay you all the severance that you're owed, and that's that. You should not make it easier on the employer by saying, okay, I'm going to resign. It just doesn't make any sense. Unless, of course, you want to resign, unless you you don't want to work there, unless you've decided you don't want to work there, no, do not resign. If your employer wants your resignation, well, I say, well, it's not happening. I want to continue working. If you, employer, don't want me to work, Well, that's on you, but I'm not resigning. Don't resign unless you want to.
0: Anytime you can check it out, that is VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca. They're also the Severance Pay Calculator. Find out what your severance payment should be, and that is SeverancePayCalculator.com. We'll take our uh, last short break here before we get right to the top of the hour. Another segment to go. Lots of time for you to call in. We have open phone lines 604 or star 9898 on cell as well. It is the employment hour right here, News Talk 980 CKNW. And back here till, uh, till 6 o'clock tonight, lots of time still for you to call in. You six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You have employment questions. We'll get to them before we uh, wrap it for the night. We're talking about forced resignations.
1: So proving that they were forced to resign, how do you do it? And that is really the key, John. And oftentimes uh, if, if the employee is going to write a, a letter of resignation and then say, well, someone made me do it, it can be difficult because all we know is there's a letter saying, I resign. And we don't really know all the history, all the background. So that's why as a general rule, it's better not to resign. As I said right before the break, if someone, if your employer wants you to resign, the answer should always be no. On the other hand, let's say you did resign. Well, what I want you to do, if you've already resigned and you didn't really want to, you didn't really uh, mean to, or they made you, why not send an email to your employer as soon as possible, saying essentially confirming what happened? You know that on, on uh, July twenty-first we met, and you told me I had no tra- no choice but to resign, or uh, uh, send uh, an email to your employer telling them that uh, even though you resigned, you didn't really want to resign. Uh, so that's very, very important to do uh, if, you, uh, if you're if you in that situation. But the best advice is, is to give me a call. Let's talk about exactly how we establish it. Let's talk exactly about how we uh, make sure that, that it's not considered a real resignation. Because can you imagine if you've been told you have to resign and you believe you have to resign, so you've resigned... You may be owed severance. It could be as much as two years pay that you're owed, right. a lot of money. Not that I say that you're owed, not that you say that you're owed, what the law says you're owed. So don't let that happen to you. If you're owed money, let's get you that money, okay? Very important, John.
0: Here's a very uh, familiar scenario for you. You know, you go into work one day, you're having a really bad day, you get in with a boss or a coworker and you say, that's it. You lose your mind. I am out of here. You, you, you resign, so to speak, in the heat of the moment. Then what do you do?
1: Heat of the moment, yeah. So the thing is that a heat-of-the-moment resignation is not a real resignation because we right. weren't thinking clearly. We were, again, heat-of-the-moment. So we have an opportunity with a heat-of-the-moment resignation to take it back. Now, it's a small window. I would say within a couple of days. If you've resigned in the heat-of-the-moment and you take it back within a couple of days, you, you email your employer, call your employer and say, it was heat-of-the-moment. I didn't mean to. I'm coming back to work. At that point, if your employer says, no, too bad. You've said you've resigned, so you're, you're not coming back. Well, at that point, it's a termination, okay? You can take back a heat of the moment resignation if your employer won't let you. That becomes a termination, which means you get severance. Now, if you've waited a month to take it back, hey, it, it's too late at that point. So remember, if you had that that bad uh, performance review and you thought that it was completely unfair and you told your employer, well, if that's what you think of me, I'm out of here. And you, you get out of there and you leave and you get home and you realize, wait a sec, what did I just do? I need this job, I need to pay my bills, you can absolutely take it back. Call your employer, email them, tell them you're not really resigning, it was a heat of the moment, and if they don't let you come back, full severance is what you have to get to that point. That number by the way
0: to get a hold of you when the show is over 604 283 I'll call Lior right away. So what if the uh, situation is uh, you know, employee resigns because maybe something happened in the workplace and it was, you know, difficult to continue working so you left. Then what do you do?
1: Well, that's that's a constructive dismissal. If something's huh. happened uh, that that made it difficult to continue working. Uh, you know, maybe they've imposed new hours of work, maybe they've increased the workload so much that now you you can't manage. Uh, maybe they uh, put someone next to you in the office, next to you that that uh, is completely rude and uses a foul language and etc. etc. and makes you feel uncomfortable. All these are situations that make it difficult to continue working. And in that case, if you resign as a result of that, well, you're not resigning because you don't want to work there anymore you are resigning because of the situation that has been created so that could be a constructive dismissal. Right. Now, I in, in all those situations, ideally you would want to give your opportunity, so you want to give your employer the opportunity to fix the problem. Yep. Tell them, here's what's happened, can you please do something about it? If your employer can't or won't do it, then that at that point may give you the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal and you can leave with severance. But always try to give your employer the opportunity to fix it. And if they don't, uh, then you give me a call. And let's talk about how we get you out of there with severance.
0: Some of the uh, situations, again, that you go over when it's better to actually resign than to continue working. One of those, or is there?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, it, certainly when you are being harassed, you're always better to resign. If your pay is being cut, as we've said, you, you're better uh, to, to resign. So there's a number of situations, John. If you're not sure what it is, you just give me a call. Bruce, we'll uh, slide
0: you in under the wire. If you could turn your radio all the way down, Bruce, that would be great. Go ahead. What's your concern? Good afternoon. Hey, Bill. Uh,
2: just, I just joined your show, and uh, you might have already covered this topic, but when a person is hired in the, for the uh, position of a CEO, etc., etc., there's usually a contract involved, is so this re- correct?
1: Well, yeah, a smart company would not hire a CEO without an employment agreement, without a contract. Yeah, that's correct.
2: A contract which states uh, salary, uh, terms of employment, and performance expected.
1: Well, a contract for an employer, a smart employer would use a comprehensive agreement that would do a few things: would outline what the job is, the requirements, the expectations. It would also outline what happens if things don't work out and the company wants to let the person go, how much severance would have to be, be paid. Uh, so if you're an employee, by the way, you probably don't want to have a comprehensive employment agreement. For an employee, well, well, less I, is more. Well,
2: well, what I'm saying, if, a, if the person does not perform his duties properly or, or doesn't live up to the terms of his contract, can he not be let go without severance?
1: If he's not doing his job? For for the per- Bruce, for the person to be let go without severance, he would have to be doing a pretty bad job and he would have to be uh, warned and have to give opportunities to, to improve. It's very difficult to let someone go without severance. We call that determination for cause. It's not enough, Bruce, to show that the person wasn't doing a good job. It's not enough for the person to show... Uh, for the employer to show that the the employee wasn't doing everything that was required. More is required than that. Warnings, discipline, and maybe after maybe three or so warnings and discipline, maybe, maybe at that point the employer can consider that. Most employees that are let go without severance, in fact, John, have been wrongfully dismissed.
0: That's it for the uh, for the evening. I had to cut you short there, Bruce. You want to follow Lior in that regard? 604-283-3123 is the number. It is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Check it out, of course, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you are really owed. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980.